Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. Well, you're sounding better. Still <laughs> I, not feeling 100%. I feel a million percent better than I did. Um, but yeah, it was rough. I think I don't remember being that sick for a long time. I'm sorry. And it's okay. I either had COVID or the flu. I didn't have the test. And they are basically the same. But telling you, I love that Prevanax. It's kept me from getting sick a lot. <laughs> This is not a booster shot. <laughs> Lesson learned. Yeah, there you go. So, so yeah. yeah. Um, are you uh, buried under snow? It, yeah, and it's just it's just cold. I was walking to the gym earlier, um, and was like, "This is when it's ugly because you know the snow's been on the ground now for a couple days and." Like the places that the shovel, the sidewalks didn't get shoveled have become like nasty to walk on. Cause it's like frozen ice. I, it's just awful. It's, it was negative seven degrees here this morning. That was Oof. the temperature. And then the real feel had it like negative 30 something and Mingus bless his heart. He absolutely hates it. The only good thing is like, he now knows, like he knows how cold it is. Like you have to carry him past the, like, he'll pee right outside the door. Like, he's like, I'm like, I'm ready to get this done. Just so you have to carry him away. So he doesn't pee like right at the door. He's just like, he doesn't mess around. Like there's no with, with the, with, with his potty breaks. It's ridiculous. Cause it's, he's just like, no. And then he does this funny walk (laughs) and I did the booties and they fell off. And anyway, we're, he, he and I are both, yeah. Yeah. Re- Rebecca at Rush and her pups had sent him a DNA test to do. So Aww. Angus took the DNA test and um, he's like 22% chihuahua. He's like, like full mutt. I mean, there's like 11 breeds in that dog that, and the highest percentage is 22. So it gives you an indication. <laughs> That's funny. I should have a DNA test. Yeah. It's, it was 
I wouldn't have ever done it, but having that come in as a gift was really fun because, you know, he's yeah, yeah, and he he's definitely got a lot of terrier in him, which I like, yeah, duh. So, but he's really smart. Oh, yeah, nice, yeah. I'm Sawyer, I, uh, so dog show, not a gravel show anymore, folks. Sorry. Oh, oh there he is. There, speaking of Sawyer, there you went. Yeah, last week because I was sick and he's like I had started taking him for runs and he's been getting long walks and yeah and so like I could barely t- see this is when he walks himself around the couch because he's ready to go for a walk that's so um, cute and so he destroyed a book two pillows and a blanket <laughs> he was like I'm bored nope there he goes again yeah he's he's pacing this guy has not destroyed anything knock on wood he was just like not happy that he was getting so little attention and he was bored so yeah but anyway he's he's doing well he's gonna go to boot camp doggy boot camp next month to work on some of his anxiety he's got but the poor little guy he was in a shelter for over two years so yeah he's still getting there he needs a break Um, getting a break well we have a super fun returning guest today i know i can't believe that it's been so long since we had her I know. like actually on the show because I feel like every time I don't know then I have such a fun conversation with her. Yeah. But um, we've got uh, Lauren De Crescenzo, LDC, visiting yeah. us today. Um, and we get to catch up with her and talk about what she's got going on for 2024 and a little bit of a wrap up from 2023. And yeah. Yeah. And the call of a lifetime that's call of a lifetime. coming out on Friday. January 26th. So, yeah. um, if you've got nothing going on Friday night, just some popcorn, get ready binge. to watch it. You can binge, binge it. it. So, that's what um, I'll be doing. All right. Well, we will get on to interview with Lauren. Hey, all It's your editor, Lindsay, here. I want you to get ready to ante up for the Ultimate Gravel Challenge this summer. Join us at the 2024 Trans Rockies Gravel Royale where adventure awaits in the breathtaking Canadian Rockies. Experience the thrill of a unique three-day stage race surrounded by stunning scenery on secluded gravel roads in the British Columbia backcountry. With two distance options, the full pint or half pint distances, there's a challenge for every level of rider. And forget about logistics, Trans Rockies has you covered. Fully supported with tents, meals, aid stations, technical support, and even massage services. So all you have to do is focus on the ride. You'll stay at the picturesque Nipica Mountain Resort, nestled in the heart of the Rockies, and celebrate your achievements with daily podium awards, group dinner, and custom design memorabilia. After the ride, you can unwind at Chillville with cold refreshments, music, games, and camaraderie with your fellow riders. Don't miss out on this epic adventure. Register now at transrockiesgravelroyale.com and use the code GGG24GR100 to save $100 off your entry. The link and discount codes will be in the show notes of this episode. Embrace the challenge, conquer the gravel, and create memories that will last a lifetime. So go all in with us for Trans Rockies Gravel Royale this August. So I wonder if we give this clue, I still want to win everything. If everybody can figure out who we have on our show today. <laughs> I love that was the last thing she said before we hit the record button. 
<laughs> Who could it be, guys? Who could it be? I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, if you don't know who it is, we have Lauren de Crescenza. 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 LDC. I give up. Much easier. LDC. Although the funny thing is I always switch that too. And I'm like, LCD. And you're like, it's not that. Catherine, you didn't even get the initials right. You have several concussions, Catherine. Maybe that explains it. Good segue. <laughs> it could be it could be well lauren is a, a repeat guest you could kind of say she's a multiple repeat guest because we always try to chase her down at events and get a little interview snippet but we first had lauren on way back before you even won unbound yeah lauren, it was way back early days so probably 2020 probably sometime in 2020 yeah, yeah i think lauren. so I think or so, early 2021 yeah. it, was mid, it was like at the heat of the pandemic yeah. So I think, yeah, 2021, right before, right before no, 2020. I don't know. When was COVID? I don't know. One of those you years. Know, nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. No one it knows. was either like 20 years ago or it was like last year. Nobody knows. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so we do have that episode. You can go back and listen to Lauren's full story, but just um, I wanted you to give people, if they haven't ever heard your story before, or if they're newer using the podcast in the last three years, a little bit of overview of who you are and like how you got into cycling. Um, <laughs> and then what brought you to, you've had a lot of success in the last few years. Yeah. Uh, so where to start or to start? Um, it, my, all right, I'll start my very first race. <laughs> my very first race, I was like, I was 17 or no, I wasn't, I started riding when I was 17. My first race, I was 20. I did the pro road thing for a few years out of college. I went to Emory down here in Atlanta where I am right now. Um, yeah, I decided that the best thing to do with my degree was to pursue professional cycling. <laughs> and, you know, I was like doing the, doing the road thing, living the proverbial dream. And, uh, until, you know, I. I had that really, I had a really, really severe uh, traumatic brain injury uh, at a road race when I was in 2016 um, at San Dimas. I, at the finish line, I was life flighted like out of the race and spent the next three weeks, the ICU, then was airlifted again to a rehab center in Colorado, Craig hospital, where I spent two months recovering. Uh, and it was during this time I was like, I'm never riding my bike again. I hate this. This is horrible. Like I can't do this. And that didn't last for too long. Um, when I, um, when I got out of the hospital, I started, uh, applying to graduate school in epidemiology. And I thought I was finally going to do like my, my big girl career, and my cycling days were over, so I got my yeah, my epidemiology master's of public health degree, um, got a fellowship at the Centers for Disease Control, and that was in 2019. Uh, upon six months after my job at the CDC, the pandemic started, happens. <laughs> it was uh, a yeah, good, good timing, bad timing, I don't know. But I uh, yeah, the world shut down and everything, and I had 
just been getting into this whole new gravel. Well, after my crash and everything, I got into gravel. I thought it was like a safer way to get back into the sport. Um, you know, the, the dirt's a softer landing place. If you crash, there's no cars, You're usually going a little slower. So I thought it was like a good way to get back into cycling. So, but then during the pandemic, I was so bored. So I just rode like all day. <laughs> I had been riding and yeah, I was, I was riding a lot, like crazy, crazy rides. Um, that's when I set the Everesting world record. <laughs> That's I was that was my uh, my other podcast the other podcast I was on with Girls Gone Gravel was after the that world record, <laughs> um, regretted the twenty four time. Well, it was it was it was great. It was very painful, but uh, yeah, did the every single world record had that for five days. That was awesome, <laughs> and uh, I was actually you did on have it at one time, yeah. and that's what matters. Oh, yeah. yeah, five day a five day world record holder, <laughs> and um. After, so after that, I was actually um, on, I was invited to do a podcast with Cinch um, after there was another really um, horrible crash at a race in Poland. And it was very similar to my crash in 2016. So we um, talked about that. And following uh, that podcast, uh, they were starting a new team. And they asked me to be on the team. <laughs> and I, you know, I was just like working, uh, working my, my jobby job and had this opportunity to race again and do some gravel. And I said, oh, sure, why not? So started training, um, structured training and started doing some more like road races again. And then I went to Unbound. <laughs> And then I went unbound and gave Christy a big hug at the finish line. And it was amazing. <laughs> and I don't think I realized the gravity of that until like years later. Because <laughs> as I was driving home from or driving back from the course or whatever, driving home, um, I remember my friend Ike just said, Lauren, your life's about to change. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm going to I'm going to work on Monday. Like nothing changed, nothing. Like this is just another bike race. But it, I was submitting my virtual resignation to the CDC pretty soon thereafter. And um, yeah, went to some more gravel races. Uh, yeah, some more big wins, SBT, the RAD, Mid-South. And yeah, I was doing lots more gravel. <laughs> um but yeah, I just recently ended my contract with Cinch um, January 1st. I am now a privateer and it's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> Being a, yeah, a, I'm calling myself a pirateer. <laughs> I love it. Like a pirate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a pirate now. So yeah, just doing my own thing and it's been great. I'm going to be able to like, I'm really leaning into like the, like nonprofit work with the traumatic brain injury nonprofits, um, doing some work with Love Your Brain and with the Craig Foundation in Colorado. And yeah, two weeks into being a privateer has been awesome. So here we are. It's <laughs> as brief as I could make my cycling story. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it's been, it's just been part of my life. For, I don't know. Well, those organizations that you're working with, can you tell us a little bit more about them and the work that they do? I'm curious on, on that. 
Yeah. So uh, the Love Your Brain Foundation, it was started by the Pierce family. Kevin Pierce was a professional snowboarder and he had his own very, very severe traumatic brain injury and also recovered at Craig's uh, hospital where I recovered on the third floor. <laughs> Maybe the same room, not sure. Um, but his family uh, started the foundation and they offer like yoga and meditation retreats. Um, free of cost for people who have recently like suffered traumatic brain injuries who are recovering from that and yeah just spreading awareness is like one of their goals and yeah being available for people in recovery um, and the Craig Foundation uh, it's like the nonprofit uh, for Craig Hospital and they also offer a lot of support for um, recent it, recent TBI um, recoverers, <laughs> survivors, um, they, you know, they offer scholarships for people going back to school. I, I was awarded a scholarship from them when I went to graduate school, um, which was great. Um, I actually raised money for the Craig Foundation when I ever stood and it was during the middle of the pandemic and it was for iPads. I was raising money for iPads because when you're in the hospital, like they couldn't, uh, like families couldn't come visit them or couldn't come visit like, oh, wow, um, yeah. And, yeah. So I was like on a, <laughs> every, every lap I did up it, I was like one more iPad, <laughs> So it's like raising money for things like inpatients, outpatients, just for like whatever they need, offering like different retreats for them as well, because it takes a lot. It takes a whole village to recover from one of these things. And they were there for me when I needed it most. So now I just want to do the same for people who need help now. More iPads for everyone. <laughs> More iPads. I like it. <laughs> it was a pandemic thing, you know? More iPads. <laughs> I'm curious. I can't remember if we talked about this last time, but are there still effects that you notice from your traumatic brain injury? Um, yeah, I would say nothing like nothing like I did. I say it took me about two years to like get back to where I was. And I feel like going to graduate school really helped with that, like the just studying. But I do notice the only thing I really notice now is just like my processing speed, like mountain biking, taking on mountain biking has been rather <laughs> challenging. I, um, I've been yeah using this app on my phone, brain HQ, and it just helps with like the motor processing speed and reaction time and like the fine, the finer things going on in there. So, I mean, I've noticed it's just not quite as, not yeah. quite as fast as I would like it to be, <laughs> but I'd, I'd say overall, like I don't have any issues like balancing or yeah. Interesting. Pretty, pretty good. I I don't... Really brave when you took on the Grand Prix last year. I mean, you didn't, you didn't participate the first year. That's too scary. There was, there was a mountain biking piece in there and that's not something that LDC necessarily did at the time, but now does, um, that process, I'm curious, like, how did you approach it and how did you kind of gear yourself up for it? Because I know you were scared and yet you still managed to navigate it. Right. Yeah. Taking on mountain biking was 
kind of, it, it was a big, a very big step in like my TBI recovery because I was so scared of crashing again, like doing something I'd never done before, or you have a high propensity for crashing like mountain biking. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was huge. Um, I think that, I mean, just really like giving myself time um, to, to improve. I mean, sea otter, I think I was 24th and then Schwamigan, I was 10th, Bloodville 13th. So I like, I just needed to like really take a step back and be like, okay, you are getting better. Like these things take time. Like I was still, I think what I had to realize last year was like, I can't rush things and I just need to be like cool and confident and like, I'm getting better maybe not the best, but it's, it's clicking slowly. It's slowly clicking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, just being like I don't know, gracious with myself and like knowing I was doing everything I could to get better uh, and just not being afraid of crashing again. And I've gotten a lot better at crashing, <laughs> knock on wood. <laughs> I feel like if I go on a mountain bike ride now and I don't like at least tip over at least once, then maybe I'm not learning. So <laughs> <laughs> just being okay with like the tip overs and just like getting better at, you know, picking myself up and not being like, I remember when I first started mountain biking and if I would crash, I would be like, Oh my, I would be like looking at my helmet and I want to go home. And like, I just, I didn't like it uh, for that. But now I am just cool. And, you know, I don't go, I don't hit my head first. I'm just getting a lot better at managing that also. A question that can stay here. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you like it? Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. I like it. Yeah, I think it's, I like it. I like it because uh, if I'm just going to go out for a ride now, I want to go mountain biking. Like the road's really? so boring. Yeah, the road's boring. Yeah. And then I like, I see myself improving like every ride. So I'm like, oh, this is like, I don't see yeah. massive improvements on the road ride or anything sure. like that. Yeah. So it's, it's like being new all it's all over again, getting better every ride. <laughs> That's cool. And it's just, it's more fun because it's more engaging. Like you can really just like turn off when you're on the road. There's sometimes even on the gravel. Cause it's just like very like yeah. continuous and monotonous, monotonous. Sometimes on the mountain bike, you have to be like very like in the moment. And I like that because you can forget about all the other stuff and just be like very tuned in. So yeah, mountain biking is fun. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, I, I don't I, know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, I like personally, like the the monotony on the gravel is where my brain will shut off. Finally, it's like, right, right. It, to me, it's like okay, like it, it's. It, I spin through all the stuff, and then it stops, and then I'm there. But like the mountain biking, I think it would just like I just always be my brain would just always be firing at me. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I have a really nice mountain bike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like 500 miles on it maybe there's a lot of mountain bike trails in kansas i always say yeah there's that's part of the rub is that it's just not it's just not super attainable here because there just aren't a lot of trails so but yeah i'm glad you like it though because i was like that was like what if she hates this and she's just no just i don't hate it no what i like mountain biking got a lot better when i got a full suspension uh with the dropper post my my lando uh yeah 
XC, it's been a much smoother ride. I, when I first first started, I was like trying to do the hardtail and it wasn't good for someone learning. Right. I, I, just, I just needed more, the bike to be more forgiving and yeah. full suspension, definitely. You wanted the bike to work with you a bit more than against you, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And the good news is being in Georgia, like there's a lot of technical stuff. So once you get out into the, like a lot of the Grand Prix isn't really technical. So <laughs> learn all the hard stuff. Right. I went mountain biking yesterday and I was like, well, good thing there's nothing like this in the Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's that whole Appalachia roots and rocks. and yeah, It's going over roots, like all these rock faces. And I'm like, good thing there's none of this <laughs> in Leadville or wherever. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the half the half the field would just like drop off a rock <laughs> i know you all yeah, did not need to look on christy's face i know uh, yeah. okay i have a quick this might be a dumb question but huh, is a traumatic brain injury would that just be considered a really bad like concussion or is it what characterizes uh, well, a traumatic brain injury over a concussion so, oh, I love this question. So a concussion is a mild traumatic brain injury. Okay. So yeah, still a traumatic brain injury, but um, what I experienced um, was it was a severe traumatic brain injury. I had bleeding inside my brain. So the second you do that, it becomes very severe when you're bleeding internally. Um, and like they rate it like on the Gaslow coma scale. I think I had a score of 10. I have to ask Jim. Hey, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> my husband, my husband's an ER doctor. Um, but yeah, it, uh, yeah, I had internal bleeding. Um, so making it severe and like, you know, swelling in the brain and I was in a coma for six days. So it's just like this, the scale, I, it's all on a scale, a spectrum of the severity. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of research recently about the concussion impacts women differently than men so it is like harder to catch oftentimes and women and like the symptoms can go on longer for women than men do you know if that's the same I mean obviously you're going to catch a traumatic brain injury right away but do you know if like some of it presents differently in women than men and traumatic brain injury as well I'm not as familiar with like the differences between like men and women and like the symptoms I'm familiar with the symptoms well, I have. Most doctors, unfortunately. About the, yeah, what's the, what's the latest research on the gender differences? Are... I would have to look it back up. We just did a post on it because they, uh, one of our coworkers, she actually writes our women's sports newsletter and she got a concussion and every doctor wrote her off. They're like, it's not a concussion. You're fine. And then when come to find out it was like a lot of the way it presents in women, like men, their symptoms show up right away and women's will show up later and they'll last longer um and it can be more things like related i think to brain fog and lack of concentration right, right. for women where men will have the like almost the media like being out of it like those things and then it recovers more quickly so it is it is interesting because you know like you can like really you can fall hard and not even hit your head just jar your brain you know right and you could end up with a slight concussion and often it won't show up for women so yeah and it's often it's sometimes really hard to even diagnose a concussion um like when they diagnosed my it's my severe 
uh, concussion was a CT. I do with the CT scan to see like the bleeding, but like you can't see it in a CT scan really. Um, so yeah, it's all like, yeah, like mostly symptoms, I think. Um, yeah, they've had a hard time diagnosing. <laughs> At yeah. least with me, I've had a hard time diagnosing my own concussions. Like you have to like, there's like apps on your phone where you have like the pre and the post and you can look for differences like in your reaction time and things like that. But yeah, it's often hard to diagnose concussions, at least yeah. in the emergency room. Mm -hmm. I'm just glad we're kind of moving away from the attitude of rub some dirt on it. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're, <laughs> like, it's fine. Your bones are okay. <laughs> Everything looks great. You look normal. Get up and go, you know, but. Oh no, we're very much past, very much past that. I mean, I am like totally stoked. Like if I, I think I broke my collarbone, uh, one of these races sometime. Um, but my, my helmet was okay. And I was like, oh, I'm totally fine. <laughs> I was totally okay with the broken bone is fine. But when you hit your head, you like, that's a whole, it's a whole thing. <laughs> yep. Bones yeah, heal. Your brain is a question mark. Yeah. Is Everyone's it differently? Everyone has a different experience and you don't want to find out what that experience is like for yourself. <laughs> right. Is your risk higher from having a TBI? Like if you hit your yeah. head? Oh yeah. Yeah. I have a higher um, likelihood of like a severe traumatic brain injury again. I remember when I was discharged from the rehab center, my doctor was like telling my, my parents like, don't let her ride or, and not don't let her ride again, but like, don't like, she can't hit her head like this again. Like it will be like catastrophic. So just, yeah, wearing a good helmet and just doing all the safe. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to not ride because I love riding my bike and racing my bike. So I'll obviously continue doing that, but yeah, just being much as careful as I can be and as safe as I can be while still enjoying my life. <laughs> How do you handle the, um, like it's getting more aggressive, the pack tactics are getting, the starts are getting more aggressive, all that. How do you handle that with your background? Yeah, actually what I've really loved about the starts and the lifetime grand prix is that at, and now this year we get our own start at every single race. And that has helped me hugely, um, like with the fear of like being in the Peloton and like crashing because like now I'm in a field of women of like similar ability and fitness level to me and not just with like everyone who shows up for, for unbound. <laughs> like yeah. it's like, yeah, it's, I, I like that cause I'm used to being like in a Peloton coming from road, like a women's Peloton. So I think that has helped. And I think it's safer um, as being with people who are like your same skill and like fitness level. Um, so yeah, that's been great. It's <laughs> been the, the separate starts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay. The other thing I wanted to ask you about racing is uh, you are known to be the person to chase people down. Um, like you just, just have this engine that it's like, if, if Lauren's within so far of you, you better be careful. Cause she's probably coming for you. Um, I love that. I'm like, I oh, know LDC's right there. They're done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to not do that. I need to get to the point where I'm just, I'm already away. 
<laughs> but why, why? Why not? It's a better racing, right? Like, yeah, we love it. It's more exciting. I just want to keep it exciting. Part. Yeah. But um, I imagine, obviously, you would probably prefer to be out front. What's yes. the mindset when you're like, okay, I'm 20 minutes down or a flat? What was the race where you had like a bunch of flats you came and chased everybody down? Like, how do you, how do you get yeah. in that mindset of like, let's fucking go. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going there right now in my head. <laughs> well, a place I often like to go is, you know, you've been through way harder shit than this. Like, this is just a bike race. This is you. How much money did you spend to come here? <laughs> or like how much it, like, you know, you chose to do this. Like, you know, people enter lotteries to do this. Like, this is an opportunity. Like, don't waste this opportunity, Lauren. Like, yeah, you've been through way harder things than this. You got through, a re you have spent two months in a rehab center. Like, this is, this is just like temporary pain. This won't last. Like, I think for me, always like differentiating between pain and suffering <laughs> has really helped me. Um, Cause like, you know, what I experienced with my traumatic brain injury for me, that was suffering. I never knew when that would end. I was like, okay, another day, hopefully I'm better today. Whereas with bike racing, I'm like, oh, I just have what a hundred more miles to go. No big deal. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That'll be over soon, soon enough. And then, yeah, just going there and just like, you know, knowing that I've like done like I've done all the ride, all, all the training and made all the preparations. And there's a lot that goes in. Uh, there's so much more that goes in before you get to race day uh, in terms of like preparation and training that just like relying or just like, you know, knowing that I've done all those things to the best of my ability and knowing that it's not that hard, not that bad compared to other things. <laughs> Yeah, I've always had, I've had other people come up and tell me that because of your TBI, you have no pain receptors. Yes, that's a rumor. I love that. I love that rumor. I'm like, how does how does that work? But, no, I still experience a lot of pain, but <laughs> it's just how to process it better. Yeah, yeah it's just how I I think about it. It's like it's just a different experience having gone through something much worse and I'm like, eh, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. A pain I in my greater, legs. Yeah. I have a much greater pain tolerance maybe. There you go. Yeah. I think there's been some research on like, yeah, if people following traumatic brain injuries, like how, yeah, their relationship with pain. <laughs> Different. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. It's something, yeah, it really enhanced my bike. It is, it's one of my favorite rumors whenever I hear it. I'm like, I love that rumor. <laughs> like, I when people come up to me in races and we're like, is it true, Lauren? <laughs> like, the guys <laughs> just like, you should be like, yes, yes, it is. Yes, is, get out of my is, way. What is pain? <laughs> <laughs> what is this pain you speak of? <laughs> I'm not familiar. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, I'm too familiar, but yeah, if it's ever seen you at a finish line when you've put it all out there, uh, yeah, I've seen some really nasty uh, LDC faces at the finish. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I even yelled at Tommy that. D one time. I was like, clean her up. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that handkerchief. <laughs> All these cameras there. And I'm like, she has just gone through everything to get here. And, you know, I mean, everybody's there with their camera. And you got to get the good ones. But then you also need some of you, like, smiling, looking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The good ones. But, I mean, I just love that feeling of just like turning yourself inside out and then just looking like that. I mean, like, hey guys, <laughs> look at what just happened out there. <laughs> Proof. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well there's nothing like that feeling. Nothing like it. This may be a little controversial to bring up, and we can take it out if you don't want to talk about it. But you know, like you have been criticized sometimes at a finish line. People are like, oh, she's not friendly at the finish line. And like seeing you, I'm like, well, she's put it all out there. And usually it just takes you a little bit more longer to recover than I think I see most people um, mm -hmm. that takes them to recover. Would you say that's the case? Oh, I didn't know. If you... <laughs> I, I don't mean, so, find that true at all. What are people that's, saying? What are they yeah. saying? I'm not just like, <laughs> oh, so-and-so is not smiling. Like, I, no. it's not just well, you. I've heard that about other women too, which drives me bananas, right? Because we haven't ever said that about any of the guys. No, but um, I do because you're such a prominent racer. And yeah, you know, and I'm like, if you've ever seen Lauren come through a finish line, she's just put herself out there like she is. I just went through some stuff, you know. <laughs> I haven't bounced back quite yet. <laughs> Give me a minute. I just need a minute. I just need a minute after. I mean, after an effort like that, you just need a second. Maybe yeah. a few seconds. You just need to, yeah. Just, yeah, I just think it's like interesting because um, there's a lot, there's a lot of criticism that goes around the way the women act in every situation. Literally every situation. Like, it's not just bike racing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not bike racing. Off the bike, I'm very like happy, go lucky. Yeah, everything's great. But yeah, when I'm racing, like it's an opportunity. It's like it's my job. Yes, and it's just like an outlet it's still like an outlet for me to just like you know just go places that don't go in my everyday life <laughs> yeah except yeah. when i'm training of course yeah but i can go there <laughs> well um you did switch coaches this year um and i think it's been pretty recent but how, what are you seeing different in your training with new coaching yeah, so I just started working with one of my friends, um, yeah, who works at FastCat, and it's been great. Uh, we've really taken a big, big picture look at the season ahead, and we're like planning things very methodically of like when I'm going to be, you know, in prime condition and like when I'm going to be like tapering and all those things. And it's been great. He's actually we went mountain biking yesterday. He's a really good mountain biker. He was the elite national champion um, for mountain biking. So he was just like giving me some, you know, some really good, some really good mountain bike tips and tricks and yeah, getting after it. And That's awesome. yeah, it's a very, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've been friends for years and it's just been a very different kind of approach this year. So I don't know. We'll see when I start racing. <laughs> I love it. And mid South be your kickoff. Yeah, that'll be the real kickoff, the first big race. I'm also going to do Border Wars, which is that race in uh, uh, yeah. Alabama and Georgia. Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's in February, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
February yeah. 24th, I think. Nice. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, any ride. Yeah. I'm just excited to go into Alabama and I don't know. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. It's nearby. It's nearby. <laughs> yes. It is. Uh, very, people were talking about it in this text message group that I'm on. Um, well, we also know that you are one of the, huh? Oh, sorry. Are you going to be there? No. Oh. Um, it's a far away from Washington now. Oh, duh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but I bet a bunch of my Atlanta friends will be there. Um, but you also are one of the athletes that is, uh, featured in the, uh, is it called call of a lifetime again this year, Christy? What's the time? Yeah. Yep. Call of a lifetime. Mm-hmm dropping on January 26th. Yeah. I've got so many dates in my head right now. It's not even funny. And they don't, they don't make any sense to me. I'm like, how, wait, wait, we're in January. (laughs) I've just been really excited about the call of a lifetime. So we're 26th. (laughs) I haven't seen it. I have no, I haven't seen it yet. So I was going to ask if you've seen it. Um, What was it like to have a camera crew kind of following your journey last year? I really liked it. I liked some of the interviews that we did. They gave me some like very, uh, some very hard hitting questions, like, cause we talked a lot about my traumatic brain injury and, you know, mountain biking, like it was crazy. It was a crazy journey doing some interviews at Sea Otter, like just being like scared out of my mind. And yeah, it was, it was cool to like have, them kind of follow along for the whole season and just like see the progression at each race yeah i'm excited yeah. to see i i i hope i don't regret anything that i said <laughs> i don't know <laughs> well, it's too late now <laughs> it's out there or it's going to be out there oh, no. yeah i mason has sent me some of the clips of it and i i have not watched it i'm like i'm just gonna wait this year and and watch it along with everyone else so i'm excited to see it but yeah yeah. it was pretty binge worthy last year um do you feel like the like being a part of the grand prix i mean obviously you've had a very successful few years of bike racing um and compared to your seasons like last year was not one of your top seasons but you were a part of this like you know big um series was that mm-hmm. like did you see um the benefits from that like as far as yeah. just your audience and your fans yeah I thought it was really great for like just the coverage and the media the following us and I would have been doing all those races anyway most likely <laughs> no um being part of the yeah I, I I think it's great like it's the premier off-road series in the U.S. and just like the the coverage is just so good and my whole family can just follow along and see all the like the, the all the videos and interviews and yeah it was great and I don't know. Last year wasn't my best year, but I was still able to eke out a fifth place in the overall. I'm like, I'm like, wait, I mean, it might not have been her best year, but it was a really good year. Like, it was still like a good, yeah, it ended up being all right. A new great. mountain biker over like that you did it to overcome your fear of mountain biking and you came in fifth. I think I started out after Sea Otter and Unbound. I was in like 32nd place. <laughs> This is laughing with you, not at you. Yeah, I think it's funny. 
<laughs> You're like, oh shit, what did I sign up for? <laughs> Get me to the gravel. Get me to the gravel. Did and you down. did you finish unbound? I can't remember. Was it a no, did you have a no. mechanical? Yeah, I ripped off my derailleur, just single speeded okay. it for a long time, flatted a few times. I'm pretty sure I tried not to talk to you at Unbound. I was like, I don't even want to see all these things. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> But um, yeah, because I, I know, I think you texted me like the night before and I'm like, there's going to be mud. There's going to be walking. Like, I know I texted you. I was like, really, Chrissy, really? Because <laughs> I saw the section that day and I was like, no way, no way we're doing this. <laughs> so I'm hoping for a reroute next year if it's raining. Put <laughs> <laughs> uh... your request to the new race director. We are, you know, we're going north, but. That one road, um, oof. yeah, that road's crazy. Yeah, so. I like the north. I like it north though. Well, that's, I won was north. that's where you won was north. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's chunkier. It's, it's chunkier. It's much but chunkier. It's like less likely to have mud, but there's still some spots that are bad. Um, but yeah, it's it's not the big. It's not quite the big long sections of it. Like that one section's. A, that one's big, but that uh, section was great. That was like a seven mile, seven mile hike bike. <laughs> it was seven. It was three. <laughs> yeah, it felt like seven. It felt like seven miles, and we were all off our bikes, just hiking, and and it was it's snowing, not like seven it when you're pushing. Both ways. Snowing, exactly. It was. It was snowing <laughs> in June. Yes. <laughs> it did. It was the day. I mean, like honestly, having been around this event as long as I have. We've had a couple years where Kansas literally shows up and throws everything but the kitchen sink at you. And mm, oh, last yeah. year was was one of those years where we had the wind and the rain and it got cold and it got hot. And it, I was just like, this is this is if you finished last year, you should be freaking proud because that was not no. that was. I, I mean, I had trench foot from working at the finish line. It was just disgusting. <sighs> anyway, but I mean, so you've got, you've got call of a lifetime coming out. And then mm -hmm. what are you, what are your, what are your predictions for your 2024 season? What are you looking forward to? Um, well, I'm really excited about redemption at unbounds. <laughs> Good. Yeah. 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 Here. Stoked to go North. And for hopefully, hopefully this was the one or last year was the rainy year. This can be this because the one the year I won it was like in the nineties. It was hot. hot. It was real hot that year. But I I prefer the heat over like the torrential downpour. Definitely, I'd rather it be ninety five degrees. So <laughs> hoping for that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, yeah, doing the all the grand prix races, um, which I'm excited about. All of those. Um, I'm gonna be. Doing hopefully the world championships in Belgium. Ho hopefully, if I'm so lucky to be selected. Uh, um, yes, I'm excited about that and the pro the pro national championships in Nebraska. Be doing that again and uh, looking at some races over in Europe. Maybe get a little rift action. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, and obviously SBT Mid South. You know, very. I've, I'm very familiar with almost every race I've done so far this year. So just trying to maybe add a few more like 
the rift. Um, there's a rumor now that I'm doing toward the Gila. So I might have to do it because there's a, a rumor. <laughs> well, you don't feel pain, so you might as well do it. <laughs> might as well. It'll be good unbound prep again. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, I'm excited, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for all those events and then especially for, you know, all the like really being able to like lean into my traumatic brain injury story and sharing that more this year. Yeah. I love it. You all have a big move coming this year too, right? Yes. I'm so excited. Yes. We're moving back to, we're moving from Atlanta to, um, back to Colorado where I'm from. Yeah. Jim is graduating. He's graduating residency in on July 1st. And I'm counting down the days because we'll be leaving the night of July 1st to move back to Colorado. <laughs> You're not ready or anything. No, I don't. I have like a countdown app on my phone that's counting down the days. It tells me every day. <laughs> Guys, Atlanta's a good city too. <laughs> no, Atlanta's, Atlanta's good. Atlanta, especially right now, it's like two degrees in Colorado, negative, whatever. And it was 60 degrees here yesterday. So it's great. Yeah. But it is uh, not 60 degrees here. Ugh. Yeah. You'll be going it's back so for cool. winter training camps in the future. Probably at Stone Mountain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. Find better places than that. <laughs> there, no, there are. But no, I'm excited to move back to Colorado. My whole family is from, back in Colorado. Every, yeah. Yeah. yeah it makes a big there. difference to be around family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited to be back. Yeah. You're all the, all the decrescenzos. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, um, where can people follow you and find more information about the things you're doing this year? Yeah. So, well, my Instagram obviously will keep me, everyone updated what I'm doing every day, I guess. So yeah. At Lornissima. Um, yeah. The, at Lornissima is like the most lorniest. It's the Italian Lauren. Anyway, sorry. I <laughs> Maybe I'll re-record that. The extreme. <laughs> the most extreme Lauren is Lornissima. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's my Instagram. I'm going to be opening a Shopify store pretty soon here. Um, trying to, I'll be trying to sell um, products to raise money for these foundations that we've been talking about um, with brain logos and whatnot, some cycling attire and bottles and stuff with like, yeah to raise awareness and raise some funds for organizations that really need the funds. So that'll open soon. And I don't know, Velo news. Sometimes I write things in Velo news. Cause I just want to use that, use that college education. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it fresh, you know, the writing, writing fresh. <laughs> well, yeah. well- Thank you so much oh, for Strava. follow me on Strava. I'm usually up to crazy things every day. Oh my gosh. That's a good tip. <laughs> Strava. Follow on Strava. See what, what training she's got going on. It's crazy. It's crazy. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending time with us again. It's always really lovely to catch up to you and have a proper catch up and not a fast catch up at a yeah. gravel event. So yeah, I know. Yeah, it was great talking or catching with you guys so many years later, like after our first podcast years ago. This is very different, very different vibe. <laughs> All right, Laura. Well, we look forward to seeing what you do this season. Yeah. yeah I look forward to seeing you guys at every finish line. Maybe most of them. 
some of them. <laughs> you have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.